This is Lab Medicine Rounds, a curated podcast for physicians, laboratory professionals, and students. I'm your host, Justin Kreuter, the bowtie bandit of blood, a transfusion medicine pathologist at Mayo Clinic. In this episode, we're going to shine a light on Lab Week. Laboratorians are an integral part of the healthcare team, often behind the scenes, providing those results that are needed to make a diagnosis uh, and help inform treatment decisions. So to that aim, today we're rounding with Stacy Hartman, an assistant professor of laboratory medicine and pathology in the Mayo Clinic College of Medicine and Science. Thanks for joining us today, Stacy. Glad to be here. On a lot of TV shows that I've watched over the years, I see the surgeons and emergency medicine docs after they see the patient pop back in the lab and perform those critical tests. Uh, in reality, is that, is that what's going on? Right, not quite. Um, yeah, I, I used to see that too. Like you'd be watching ER and those doctors would do it all, right? Like they'd see the patient and then they'd quick run the lab result and then they'd go back with an instantaneous result and bingo, solve the case. Um, so no, not in reality. In reality, it's the lab techs who are typically behind the scenes in the labs analyzing those samples to provide the results for the doctors so they can diagnose and treat their patients. And you know, myself as a pathologist, I understand for a lot of physicians, I'm probably one degree removed from the bedside. And so one degree outside of their, their mind, off in their peripheral vision. Right. And, and maybe the, the medical technologist is, is another degree. And so for our physicians, clinicians that are listening to this podcast, I was wondering, can you kind of maybe share what are some of those biggest maybe misconceptions about, um, you know, laboratory technologists and the value that they are actually contributing behind the scenes to that uh, patient care? Yeah, so I think it's important to remember just because we're not seeing um, doesn't mean we don't have a vital role to play in caring for the patients. We're very vested in caring for those patients and making sure they're properly diagnosed and treated. And you know, we chose this career, we stayed in this career because we want to play a role in helping our patients. Um, so even though we're not right at the bedside, we play a crucial role in helping them. Um, so just because you don't see us doesn't mean that we're not vested in caring for the patients and we want to partner for you. You know, if you have questions about what tests to order or how to interpret the results we gave you, we want to help you help the patients. I know in our day today, we kind of think about those, those patients or those, those um, situations where, you know, we've really been challenged and made a difference uh, for the patient. I was wondering, can you share one of those stories about where you specifically uh, really played a role uh, that, like you say, behind the scenes, this, this made a difference for patient care? Because I think sometimes for physicians, it's maybe hard to understand how somebody running a test, um, you know, they're, they're just performing the test that the physician ordered. How are they helping that, that patient out? I think there's a lot of ways we can do it. Um, some of the ways are just by being very detail-oriented. Um, I had a colleague who was running a homocysteine test, and she noticed the result was very high, like just crazy unusual high um, on, this, on this urine sample. 
somebody else may have just released that result, but she thought to question it because it seemed just very strange, very unusual. So I think a lot of what we can bring is um, applying our experience and our expertise to look at those results and know when something seems off to know when it's time to investigate further. So like in the example of the really high homocysteine, you know, they told us it was a urine sample, it wasn't a urine sample. <laughs> and by questioning that result, we were able to figure that out and not release uh, what would have been a very abnormal result. You guys really are, it sounds like that, that both the first and last line of, of defense on making sure that the information that is coming out of the laboratory is as accurate as possible. Correct, like I said, both the first and the last, um, because we do help the physicians know what test is correct to order too. You know, we may have a whole laundry list of tests um, that are maybe similar sounding and helping them know for given what they're looking at in their patient's history or what the clinical presentation is, which test would be most appropriate to give them the information they need. So that's kind of on the front side of things. And then on the back side of things, making sure we get them the correct result and that they know how to interpret that result. You know, that front end is really something maybe to highlight for our listeners about, you know, we all uh, got used to ordering tests based on how we were trained and what was available at the time of our training. And uh, as with all things, medical science continues to advance. And um, I think that's a, a really critical point to make is that that medical technologist is really up to date on um, you know, what is uh, an older test or what test is best to answer that, that question the physician has. Right. You know, and especially if you're working as a specialist, you know, maybe not as a generalist, but in a specialty laboratory, you know, I may know nothing about many of the different lab tests, but working in the cardiovascular lab for 20 years, I can answer those cardiovascular related lab test questions pretty well. You know, I have one little area of focus that I can, um, that I can maintain and I can help those doctors with those tests. This makes me want to jump and talk about the, the students because you brought in this concept of uh, you could be a specialist in a laboratory or you can be a generalist. Correct. And I think that would be something really interesting to kind of, if you could elaborate a little bit for students who are not who are just starting to consider uh, this field and maybe even you know are there some thoughts you have for people that are just starting in laboratory medicine about what they can consider about is the right what's the right path for them sure so as you're thinking about this field first of all the field um, is called medical laboratory science or clinical laboratory science See, most people would have a MLS or CLS degree. Um, and when you do this training, um, you're trained in all the different subspecialties of laboratory medicine. So you'll learn about transfusion, you'll learn about chemistry, you'll learn about all these different areas of lab testing. When you finish your schooling, when you go to work, if you work as a generalist, you're often going to be in like a smaller community hospital where you will work the different benches. You will be doing the different types of testing throughout your shift or throughout your weeks, depending on how big the hospital is, but you'll be doing all the different facets. Versus if you work in a larger, like a regional medical center or a reference laboratory, you might specialize where you're just working in one specialty, such as, you know, I just worked in chemistry, for instance. I see, so you're saying that 
if I'm somebody that likes variety in my day, uh, there's a place for me in, in laboratory medical science. And if I like being an expert in something, there is also a place for me in medical laboratory science. Absolutely. And many people do both throughout their career. You know, they spend some time as a generalist, they spend some time as a, spe some time as a specialist, um, but you're exactly right. You can find which niche is best for you. So Stacy, you had a really interesting and valuable career and, and you've kind of seen this profession from a couple of different angles and, and you've been involved for several years. And I was wondering if you have any words of wisdom to share with maybe some people that are just getting started in laboratory uh, medical science. So, you know, in those first uh, three to five years of practice, you know, do you have any advice uh, for them to what should they be focusing on and thinking about um, sort of as a kind of from a coaching perspective, I suppose? Yeah, um, I think when you're starting your career, well, truly any time in your career, one of the best things I could say, regardless of your career, is just have an open attitude. Um, say yes. So shortly before I graduated from college, my physical chemistry professor, Dr. Tojas, gave me this advice that I've tried to apply throughout my whole career. He said, if somebody asks you to do something, say yes. Not saying like, you know, if you ask me, do I know how to interpret this genetic test I've never seen, I'm not gonna say, lie to you and say yes. But I will say, yes, I'm willing to learn that. Or yes, I'm willing to be on that committee. Yes, I'm willing to do this podcast. You know, say yes to the opportunities that arise because you never know where they're going to take you. They're going to introduce you to other people who might have interesting experiences for you, they'll broaden your skill sets. Um, so my first advice is always just say yes. Say yes to opportunities, take advantage of those things. The other piece of advice I would say came from one of my first coworkers, Diane Schultz. She had a little um, background on her computer screen that said, love what you do. It didn't say do what you love. I mean, hopefully you're doing that too. But I thought it was important that it said love what you do. You know, it is a choice. It is a choice to find the joy in our work, regardless of what we're doing. You know, we, we chose that field for a reason and there might be hard days and there might be good days, but you can choose to love that and you can choose to see the good in that. So I would encourage everybody, love what you do. There's great things in a variety of fields and there's, that's no different in laboratory medicine. Another thing I would recommend is focus on teamwork. And this kind of joins into the other one about saying yes, but people sometimes think of laboratory medicine as being like lab rats with glasses and lab coats tucked away in some basement lab. Granted, you know, maybe you are working in some basement lab wearing a lab coat. However, it isn't as solitary as people think it is. Um, there is a lot of teamwork, not only with my fellow technologists. I mean, there are some lab benches where you're literally working together to provide the results. Um, you're each doing parts of the process, but you're also a team with those physicians, you know, as I mentioned earlier, helping them to know how to order and interpret the results. You're also working with your lab directors who are helping you to interpret those results correctly, working with the pathologists, et cetera. So there's a lot of different people you're actually interacting with, whether it's in person or on the phone or over computer. Teamwork is key. So developing your networks and kind of fostering those relationships, I think is important. That's interesting. I think that flows back to, you know, one of these earlier questions I asked about, uh, you know, misconceptions. And I think that idea that 
the laboratorian is that we're a bunch of um, maladjusted. <laughs> you know, social distancing is nothing new for us or something like that. Uh, but in point of fact, yeah, it's, it's an extremely social thing. You see on the news every single night, they're talking about COVID. And every time they talk about COVID, they talk about the need for testing. They talk about the need for the molecular test to diagnose. They talk about the need for antibody tests to see who's immune. You don't typically hear a ton about laboratory tests on the news. So I think this could do a lot for a profession by raising people's awareness that laboratory testing is an important part of healthcare. I also think, though, there's a long way to go. So I just got my most recent um, issue of Time magazine, and it was highlighting all the different stories of people on the front lines of COVID. And they did a really nice job of pulling in not just the doctors and nurses, but they had the bus drivers and the cafeteria workers and the paramedics and everybody who was playing a really critical role right now in this pandemic, but they forgot the lab. There wasn't, there wasn't a single lab tech in there, despite the fact that everybody's talking about testing. I think we could use this to kind of increase knowledge of our field and get that career awareness out there. For more laboratory education, including a listing of live conferences, webinars, and on-demand content, visit news.mayocliniclabs.com forward slash education. I think that's something like on social media, there's, there's typically a lot of involvement of people kind of sharing some of their lab uh, pride. Do you, is there any plans uh, for that this year uh, at all? Or? So we had a bunch of activities we were planning to do for lab week. Um, we just got the directive to postpone them till after COVID. But yes, we, we do plan to, to do um, activities for lab week. And often those are like team building, morale building sorts of activities. Sometimes they're goofy little games, lots of get to know each other games sort of things. We should get to know your coworker, also have a little bit of fun with your profession. But for this year, we will put those on hold until after this crisis passes. So if we could pivot a little bit from talking about uh, clinical uh, laboratory uh, scientists uh, new in career to kind of uh, pathologists that are new in their career, do you have any kind of um, messages for how can they work uh, best with their uh, laboratory technologists? Yeah, I, I think the best thing is let us get to know each other really like it's really helpful if if we know each other know a bit about each other so we can work together versus just coming to the lab when you need the result and then running back out to the office when you've got the result you know just like in any working relationship if you know a little bit beyond me beyond my name I know a little bit about you we can we can work more well together I spent a lot of years teaching residents and fellows who came through my lab and it was one of the favorite things I did, you really got a chance to spend some time um, and learn from each other. You know, I learned more from them probably than they learned from me, but it was, it was an ongoing dialogue. So I'd encourage to develop that, you know, get to know your staff. They've been working in the lab 20 years, you're brand new leading that lab, you'll learn from them. Don't be, don't be afraid to learn from them and they shouldn't be afraid to learn from you. I think it can go both ways. And it's, I think it's most beneficial when it goes both ways. Uh, I think that's a brilliant point, uh, Stacey. I really like that because I, I think for the new in the profession pathologists, you know, it can be a little bit daunting sometimes 
with time pressures to kind of hit pause and to spend that additional time. But to echo your point, uh, that's been my experience too, is that I've learned so much uh, from the technologists that I've uh, worked with in the lab um, because of like you're saying, there's so much expertise in how these tests are performed and when they've got that uh, spidey sense developed, uh, whereas uh, those of us new in the profession, um, we're, we're still developing that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I was wondering, could you kind of share, uh, how did you find this field uh, of laboratory uh, science? Um, I've known since I was a little kid that I wanted to be in laboratory medicine. No, I'm just kidding. I, I actually didn't. <laughs> I, 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 always, I always envied those people who knew from like little on that they wanted to be a teacher or a doctor or whatever. I did not know that. Um, and I guess I was fortunate enough as a kid to not have been exposed to laboratory medicine, meaning I can't remember a single blood draw at a doctor's visit. So, you know, I didn't have that to tie me into the lab. So I wasn't aware it existed when I was younger, but I was always inter interested in science. I remember watching my mom like bake bread and I'd always be asking her like, why do you have to warm the water? Or why do you have to add sugar to the yeast? You know, I'd always be trying to understand the whys and the hows and how things worked in the world, um, which led me to science. I liked finding out those answers. So I started to take science classes. I ended up majoring in chemistry and then taking a bunch of biology because I found it fascinating. And when I was finishing college, I still wasn't quite sure what I wanted to do um, with my science degree. But I grew up 90 miles from the Mayo Clinic. And I remember hearing all my life about these amazing things that the Mayo Clinic was doing to give people hope and healing and to help people who maybe didn't have much hope left. And I thought, wouldn't that be cool if I could be a small little sliver, a small little part of helping people that way? Um, I knew I, I maybe didn't want to be at the bedside helping a patient, but I wanted to be a part of that. So as I was finishing college, I put an application out to Mayo. I saw that they were hiring. I applied for a few of their spots. Again, I still honestly didn't know what a clinical laboratory was or a medical laboratory was, but I applied anyway. I thought, well, I know what a lab is and medicine sounds really cool. So I applied. Um, I actually had to turn down some job offers as I waited to hear from Mayo. I didn't know if I had a job yet, but I turned them down hoping I could get in. And I did, I got in. Um, my first day in the lab, the person training me, we were talking a little bit, and I turned to her and I said, huh, what's that MT on your name badge mean? The MT means medical technologist, what's now called medical laboratory science. She had the degree to work in the clinical lab that's recommended. Most people don't come in with a four-year science degree, although some states allow it. My state allows it. But she actually studied this, whereas I came in I feel like I came in as an outsider, right? Like I learned the job as I went. I didn't know what that medical lab was until I was actually hired into it and was starting to you know, test body fluid and test serum samples and figure things out as I went, which I found very exciting, by the way. I thought it was really exciting to learn this whole world of lipids and lipoproteins that I learned a little bit about in my biology classes in college, but not really. It was really fun to kind of learn them on the job. There's always so much you can learn. So that was a really long winded answer to your question, but basically I kind of fell into it. Like I wasn't aware it existed, um, but once I got here, I just found it 
such an exciting job that I feel privileged to be able to care for the patients and to continually get to learn. Like you will never run out of things to learn in this field. Yeah, I don't know how many listeners we have that are in high school and uh, early in college, but uh, certainly we have listeners that know people who are. And so if they share this podcast with those uh, folks, it's just, I think you're really highlighting a nice point for them to consider is that uh, laboratory medical science is uh, a major uh, that people can pursue in undergrad, and it really sets them up to practice in the hospital. I like that it also goes back to to the physicians who are listening to understand that there is a lot of expertise in the laboratory uh, that is run, that are responsible for really running these tests and making sure we're getting accurate results. Absolutely. And I would say for those high schoolers, you know, if this is a career you are considering, when you're looking for colleges, look to see if they offer this program because medical laboratory science is not a program that's offered widely. It's a pretty expensive major to have because it involves significant lab work and clinical rotations. So if you're interested in it, be careful when you're looking at colleges to make sure that they offer this program. So Stacey, what what qualities make for a good tech? I think first of all, a curiosity and a desire to learn because there's always change in laboratory medicine. We don't perform the test the same way today that we did 30 years ago, nor will we perform it the same way 30 years into the future. So methods are always changing and you're bringing up new tests and new equipment as well. So there's always new things to learn. So it's important to, being, to be willing to learn and curious about learning new things, being open to that. Um, I would also say it's helpful to be systematic and organized and methodical we want to make sure we test every sample the same way so that they get accurate results. So having a very organized mindset and being very methodical about how you do things is helpful. It ensures that you're following the procedure the same way with every sample. And then finally, being able to multitask is important. You know, in a lab, you might be in the middle of setting up a batch of samples as another batch of samples is on the instrument, as the phone rings with a question from a physician, as a coworker is asking you something else, you know, there's a lot of things you're kind of juggling at once. So being able to multitask and prioritize is also important. Oh, brilliant. You know, I love how we've really come full circle now and kind of our understanding, like we've kind of shared this message with the uh, physicians that are listening that just as they have both feet firmly planted in the circle of uh, patient care, that domain, there's medical laboratory scientists, uh, laboratory technologists who are, um, have both of their feet firmly planted in the laboratory testing aspect of things, right. that domain, and, and really the, the depth and level of their expertise is similar. And then you, you got folks like me as a pathologist that has you know, one, one foot in, in each of these <laughs> and is kind of sometimes working on uh, translating between the two and making sure that the laboratory testing is supporting the, the clinical practice. But that's where this kind of teamwork is, is really important, which that's what I heard from you too. So for our technologists uh, that are listening, just this emphasis on uh, teamwork, this growth mindset, I've heard kind of throughout several of your answers 
here today uh, getting highlighted. And that also goes for the pathologists uh, that are listening too about really developing and, and cultivating that camaraderie uh, really goes a, a long way and, and is important. Absolutely. And then finally, you brought into the, the students who might be thinking about this and you know, if they're in high school or early in college to be looking for this as a major or to look at, um, do you think the, uh, is there a website, do you think that students that are interested that might be, might want to check out for more information? Yes, I think um, probably a good resource to go to would be the ASCLS.org website. Excellent. Um, so it has a lot of career information and it will kind of give you the background on what this career field is like and how you could pursue it. Thank you so much, Stacy. You're welcome. My pleasure. We've been rounding with Stacy Hartman in honor of Lab Week, shining a spotlight on what is happening inside the lab, uh, behind the lab bench. Thanks for taking the time to chat with us today. I really enjoyed it. Thank you. So be sure to check out ASCLS.org, like Stacy mentioned, if you're interested in exploring your career in laboratory medicine. Thank you for joining us today. We invite you to share your thoughts and suggestions via email. Please direct any suggestions to mcleducation at mayo.edu and reference this podcast. If you've enjoyed Lab Medicine Round's podcast, please subscribe. Until our next rounds together, we encourage you to continue to connect laboratory medicine and the clinical practice through insightful conversations.